Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And what's going on, everybody? Well, the U.S. Open is proving to be as, as tough as everybody thought it would be. Wow, what a tournament. And this is like the like the old days uh, when uh, uh, par is a good score. <clears throat> and it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those uh, tournaments that, uh, you know, first of all, the par is 70 and... Uh, it's they set it up so tough that you see some big big numbers out there. Uh, a little bit of volatility on the golf course, but no volatility in the markets. And uh, uh, even with uh, you know the the, the selling uh, in in some you know the rallies and whatever, there's just really nothing going on. Volumes are absolutely pathetic. Uh, you know today we we're down. Uh, yesterday we were up, but yesterday was a weird up day. Because the Dow was actually uh, flat to lower, while the Nasdaq and Russell made new highs, and uh, the S and P was up. Uh, but again, the the big news of the week is now all gone. We had the summit, which you know by all accounts was a success. We had um, uh, we had the Fed do their usual. Uh, blundering, blundering, and wondering and stumbling uh, through another announcement uh, telling us how great the economy is and what great shape we're in, but yet uh, find it hard to push rates uh, and find it hard not to, you know, become uh, totally hawkish. But of course, this will, this too shall pass, and of course they'll they'll blow it as as expected. Because uh, you can just see, by the way, that they, they just don't have any idea of, of what to do next. And then, of course, we had uh, yesterday the ECB, uh, who uh, did report and did nothing, uh, very similar to the Fed. It's, and, of course, uh, through that, the, uh, the markets didn't do much, but the, uh, the euro currency got clobbered. Pushing the dollar up to uh, back to that resistance at 95 we would expect it to most likely break out from here now and go to our next target of 97. Uh, and the euro just got smushed. Uh, but the overall market outlook, uh, you know, uh, gold uh, traded up to 13.13 and then sold off a little bit on Friday. Uh, but, you know, if you look at it, it is uptrending since that May 14th blow-off bottom at 12.81. Uh, so now you know we're around thirteen, you know thirteen oh two, thirteen oh three, and moving higher with a high yesterday at thirteen thirteen. Uh, so again, I, I think it looks really good, and I think we could look forward to uh, go ahead and move higher. Uh, oil is uh, kind of figuring out where it wants to go. 
but I think this 67 level is a pretty good spot to sell it. Uh, we, again, continue to believe that oil is the highs are in, and it's going to go not just lower, but much lower. But again, we will take it one level at a time. Right now, we're targeting 62 and then 58. So we'll see what that that overall looks like. Uh, but I think the uh, the biggest story on Thursday and Friday is the crushing of the grains. So out of nowhere, after a great rally, and we were very, very bullish and obviously uh, not very not very happy at the moment, but uh, the, the absolute just mushing of uh, especially soybeans, you know, down into almost the nine dollar level now. Uh, now. Again, at the end of the day, uh, we were not so surprised about soybeans. We were very concerned uh, of soybeans and had some key levels that were violated uh, on the way down. And, uh, of course, that's exactly what happened. It just got smushed. Now, uh, corn, is, is, corn is surprising uh, at the amount of pressure that that is under. Uh, but, again, we are still bullish, believe it or not. And we will be looking for a spot to buy here. Uh, but we are we have given away a lot of the gains and you know we can blame it on trade talks or trade tariffs or whatever uh, i don't happen to agree i think that this is just some selling and of course wheat which has been uh the the darling uh is still in good shape it's it still actually has the best looking pattern uh but it is coming to a key level you know around 490 is a key key spot that it better hold but uh, I I look at this in as a shakeout, okay, shakeout, shakedown, and I, I think what you'll find is that this could be just the the ending and pushing out uh, the last of the weekends before resuming to the upside. I mean, we are coming into historically a stronger period of time, anyways. So. Again, to me, this looks like the, the 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 final shakeout, okay, before it all happens, and of course the 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 meats got waxed late yesterday as as they traded and and hung around. Uh, they they looked like they were trying to go higher, and and then bef- before you knew it, boom, smush, goodbye, uh, and and that that selling came in uh, very late, uh, you know, yesterday as they just pushed them down, uh, you know, uh, pretty heavily. And, of course, uh, the the hog market, though, continues to shine now as, as, we, as we had suspected that it would. I, I think when you, you, know, you look at it again, we are very, very comfortable in the, uh, in the ag space in general, okay? Uh, I mean, we do think that we're going to see higher prices. We are thinking that there's even a potential of of a of a big market. So, but yet there was again there was some ugly ugly pressure uh, yesterday, and you know at the end of the day, you know there's going to be some sell-offs. Now again, this will be some key areas as to whether or not this is going to be you know uh, the total breakdown. But I think we've seen and built some some pretty solid support levels. So I think we're going to be fine here. Uh, but again, this is why you always need to be defensive and have some pretty good stops in place. 
in case things you know do break down as we have as we are seeing and that's just you know because the it's better to be ready to get out and find a new entry than sit there with your thumb wondering what do i do now where do i go next i think that's always an issue that many many traders and investors make the mistake is they don't exit and and look for reentry. They sit there and and hope and pray that it will come back. And and that's one of the things. It's, it's easier to be out and then look for a new spot to enter than to be stuck in and 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 sweating it out. Sometimes it's just better just to take the loss where you can and look to for a spot to reenter and get back in. And that's just one of the things that we use as a little bit of a trading lesson and try to help out as as you know. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. Uh, you remember our high school investing program. We are trying to get ready for the new year. It'll be our ninth year. And, of course, we I personally supported it until recently when we started to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading. If you'd like to help us out and help educate America's youth, uh, please uh, go to Patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading and help us out. And don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm, the only station you need. You can get uh, also the Sporting Edge and hear some about the U.S. Open of the Boys and also our new show, Crypto Investor X, which is on Sundays. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz, we're going to step out here for a break, and we'll be right back with more of The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz coming right back to you. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horace with you. And, of course, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, the report come out uh, about about Comey. And, of course, uh, he was influential. And I I wonder if he he, maybe he worked for the Russians. Maybe he was part of the Russian hack. But, uh, again, as we have said repeatedly from the beginning, that this is uh, a, a, a lousy event and of course, this is you know one of the issues that uh, that we see and that we're dealing with, and you know there certainly was no reason uh, you know the, the, for you know the, their action, and, and that just goes to show us how rough things are, and, and and how low how low will they go to stoop to keep out Donald Trump, and of course we've seen this over and over and over again the continuing of, of trying to uh, get the man out of office who has been through every obstacle and yet keeps keeps going he's like the ever ready bunny keeps motoring along and you know i i think that you know this is i i'd like to see a bunch of these people go to jail uh, i mean some of the, a lot of the things that they did were uh are jailable offenses and, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, how come we uh, uh, we, we don't get this uh, uh, get the get these guys to and gals to jail. I mean, you know, why is there such a double standard between us and them? OK, I, I just wonder, OK, uh, you know, why why are we, you know, different you know this is the same as is the money issue we talk about often you know the the things that some of these guys do 
are offenses that, you know, we'd either be in jail or bankruptcy court, but yet they continue to motor on. So we'll see. Now, you know, as we look into, you know, some of this trade info and, you know, what what's going on with the trade wars, again, I, I, I say to you that that might be painful in the short term, but I do not believe that it's a problem. I believe that it's going to be a benefit for the old good old U.S. of A. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I'm. I think we have to measure who's really screaming the loudest, and and so far, it's really the the, the lobbyists and everything else. This is the first time now that we're seeing uh, these. Um, you know, the the actual prices become dramatically affected by these uh, these trade war and trade tariff talks. Uh, but we were due for a, a sell-off anyways. So, I mean, I know what's going to be blamed uh, on these, but we all know that it's going to be resolved. I mean, I don't think there's any question that it's going to be resolved, and I think it's going to be resolved in... A, a a good manner and I think it's going to be in the, in the best for uh, United States businessmen and women and for farmers uh, because I think that it will work out now again uh, you know as far as the the farming community I mean you guys haven't had prices forever so we're, we're our prices today even with this talk and if it is affecting it are still higher than they were months ago so, yes, we just came off of a big rally, which is one of the reasons why we always say that, you know, make sure that you hedge out your positions. You know, it, it, it's there's, there's an old saying, it's better to wish you were in a trade than you weren't. And it's always better to be hedged. Remember, when you hedge, you know, if you hedge properly, you do not give up the big upside of the market. What you're doing is you're taking away the big downside of the market. So if you look at, at corn, and we're now down about almost 50 cents from the highs, uh, wouldn't it have been better to be hedging on the way up so that you wouldn't be sitting here wondering what to do as, as you already work at, at, at extremely low margins and low profits? So, you know, this is one of the things that just becomes the story is, is if you're prepared for these things, and preparing isn't trying to guess. Preparing is saying, Okay, let me hedge the, the 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 farm and not worry about what's next, because if you do that, then you don't have to. Then you don't have anything to worry about, because you are then protected, and you're now held on with a position in place. That so, if you'd have hedged at four ten corn, for example, which means you were really hedging at about four dollar corn. Well, you know, right now you'd be in pretty happy, pretty good shape, and not only that, but you could take some. You, you could roll that hedge down and take some cash out of the market. Uh, you know, and, and it's almost like kind of pre-selling some of your crops. So my, my point is, is that in this business, it, you shouldn't be gambling. You shouldn't be trying to always wonder, uh, you know, if you're doing the right thing. If you hedge properly... And most don't understand how to hedge properly. And I'm talking about the people who recommend the, the hedges because I've seen these ridiculous hedges that they put on uh, that don't that take away the upside. You don't want to give up the upside. We do not know when a big market is coming. And we do not know 
you know, where we're going to go. So it's easier if if we continue to hold on. And the other thing about hedging properly and you, and leaving the upside open, it means that you never get squeezed, and you can hedge your entire you can hedge your entire crop. Okay, and you don't have to worry about if if something goes on. For example, if you hedge, you know, fifty thousand bushels. Uh, and then all of a sudden we get a weather issue and you can only produce 35,000, but you sold for 50. Well, in, in the past, you'd been chasing it down because you were, were getting the old, what we call the old short squeeze. But now, if you hedge it properly, then it doesn't matter. You may lose a little bit on the cost of the hedge, but you don't get caught in the old, the old short squeeze or the silo squeeze trying to have to buy back the calls you sold against your position or the futures you sold against your position. So you, you, you never want to cover up the upside of a market. Okay. You always want to give yourself that full opportunity to go straight forward and participate in a big move. Also not without being stuck in a short position. Okay without being stuck in a short position with a um, with oh, sweating it out, trying to figure out how you're going to buy back the extra shorts you sold. That's also the reason I don't like forward contracting. So I think that if you take the time to learn the proper methods, what you're really doing is you're putting yourself in the position to, to, to be protected to the downside, to have to be able to participate in a big market should it come and to never have to be stuck in that old short squeeze don't have to worry about those nasty margin calls there's just so many benefits to doing it properly of course the biggest benefit is you make the most money that way okay and you're not trying to guess the market if you're just always hedged whatever prices we are because who knew, nobody knows how low or how high we're going to go but if you're always hedged basic the worst case scenario is you give up a few cents of profit uh, at a later date. But doesn't that make sense than trying to not only farm the market, but trade the market? You know, we want to take out that decision-making process. We want to take out the potential issues that come along. We want to be in a position to create successful opportunities. And that's why, you know, again, so I can say, I think we're going a lot higher, but I can also say that I'm protected should we not go a lot higher. And I think that's one of the things that, that many of us miss is to have the chance to win and make money in more than one way. And so to me, that's always something that, that we need to make sure we take care of because it's the same for equities. It's the same for everything. If you put yourself in a position to win, then you're going to have a good chance to win. If you put yourself in a position to lose, well, you're most likely going to lose. And that is that is the words, according to me, Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show. And, of course, don't forget to get my daily update each and every day. Every day after the close, I do a quick three- to five-minute video, which I email to you if you sign up for it. And all you have to do is go to BubbaTrading.com. A little box will pop up. Fill it out. There's no credit card. There's no cost. I just send it out to you. Just fill out the little form. 
and you get the daily update. So you get tomorrow's newspaper today. And in the meantime, don't forget to uh, download the show every day at libertytalk.fm, the only station you'll need. And this is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're going to step out here for a break, and we will be back with more after the break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, coming right back. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And, you know, I don't know. I was on uh, Fox yesterday. And, you know, they were talking about the Comcast deal. Now, I don't know about you. But I am so sick and tired of government involvement. Government intervention into many of these deals. Now, I happen to personally believe that one of the worst deals ever was when they broke up AT&T originally because it was a monopoly. Now, again, I don't want monopolies like anybody else. I mean, we do need fair and free competition. But you can keep competition in the business. But I, I think when you start to affect the free markets, you know, we when, when anything you buy, there's a lot of hidden cost to what you buy, right? You know, when you buy, when you go to the, the store and you buy a pair of blue jeans, you know, say you have 50 bucks for a pair of blue jeans. Well, the actual cost of those jeans is probably $2. You know, I don't know exactly, but let's say it's, let's say it's $5. The rest of the costs are rent and, you know, uh, um, advertising and employees and, you know, all the, all the expenses that go along with the business. Okay. Now, Anytime you continue to bring in intervention, when we see these deals, what do we have? Well, we've got a position that the, the, the company has to pay more to either battle this legislation or try to fight it. And, of course, who pays for that? Okay. We do. We do. That's the problem. Now, I don't have any problem with free market show. If we go back just to, you know, not that far, but cell phones when they first came out, you know, in 19, uh, let's say, I guess it was about 1981 or 82 when, you know, cell phones became affordable to, you know, they were expensive, but they were more affordable and a lot of people had them. You know, they didn't have to have those, I guess, those radio telephones where you had to call an operator. And, you know, if you remember, that was the, the first attempt at it. But now, you know, and I got my first phone, I think, in 1983 three or four and there was a lot of companies around you know there was cellular one there was 
uh, uh, Capital something. I mean, there was a bunch. And they were all expensive. I mean, they were, you know, I think at that those days it was a dollar a minute. You know, I once got, I once got a bill for a month of about $1,100. <laughs> you know, Cellular One was very smart. They gave you a, a free month, no charge, right? You just, you call it, call it to your heart's content. Of course, they got you in the habit of using your phone a lot. <clears throat> but my point is, is we've now narrowed that down. We've only got some major players. Now you get Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon, uh, and uh, I think that's it, right? And AT&T. So, but AT&T is like kind of Verizon. But in, in, in the meantime, but the markets, the business, the markets will work them, themselves out. You know, when you talk about monopolies, now I have Comcast cable, okay? And I don't have another choice unless I want to go to a T1 line. So I find that more problematic because even though there's many cable companies around, I don't have a choice. AT&T does not come out to where I live. Okay. Uh, and, and there's many places where Comcast. So in other words, they don't, they don't compete, truly compete, because they have a lot of areas that there's no competition, that they're the only vendor. So wouldn't it be makes more sense to create competition? I mean, this is, we've talked about this before with the insurance industry, health insurance. Well, now in the entertainment industry, the, the customer will decide, you know, if, if, if everybody's worried, well, they're going to overprice everything and, and, and price you out. Well, if prices rise too high, they'll, they'll, that will bring in competition. Okay. I mean, right now we do have still a lot of third party sellers of these that they buy big bulk. So they get a discount and they undersell the actual vendor itself. But at the end of the day, if, if we would let the free market, change it handle it and and free markets will deal with it okay again the consumers are very smart when it comes down to it and they're not going to get ripped off they're not going to let these guys take advantage of them they're going to be diligent mostly and and uh, and and you're going to see in my opinion that that if you let the free markets just trade and that's also at the at the business end of it, not just the stock market. But if you let the free the free market will decide what's value, you know, Amazon, which started as a little bookstore and is now you know taking over the world at everything, are they not a monopoly? Okay, and believe me, they're going to get into the cryptocurrency space. They're going to get into the uh, into they'll probably get into cell phones. They'll probably get into everything. But again, I don't care. Look, competition drives everything. Okay. And, and that is is what we need to do is is to create competition. So if one company takes it over, there there is others. There is more media companies. But what we need to do is be able to let the the public decide on what they want. And of course, you'll see that this will start to work out better for us if we could get rid of the DOJ. And the others who make these decisions, because remember, the reasons that we, these are going is not because there's a problem with it. It's because of the lobbyists and everything else. I mean, you know, the world continues to evolve. We continue to see new things. Now, right now, it's this kind of delivery. You know, remember, you know, you had before there was cable and then the first thing was the satellite dish. Okay. So we had the satellite dish and I had one of those. <laughs> And then DirecTV showed up, I think, in about 1995, which was a satellite dish that anybody could get, basically. And um, 
they had to, you know, allow, uh, they were allowed the first 500,000 units or whatever it was, something it was before they had to let competition in. But competition has made it better. Competition has made it less expensive. And now you've gone from, and then, and then you had Netflix appear on the scene and streaming TV. Well, now look what you have. You have Hulu. You have a bunch of streaming TV places. You got even DirecTV. DirecTV now is a streaming TV now. So you can now cut your bill. I mean, my cable bill is $250 a month for my DirecTV. But I'm going to switch to DirecTV now for $40 a month. I mean, again, we as consumers dictate because we're the ones who are spending the money. So I don't know why I need to have the DOJ okay, decide what's best for me. Why can't I decide what's best for me? You know, I have the choice of not buying something if the if they decide to price it out of my range. And that's where we we've gotten so far away from an actual free market system that um um that it it doesn't make sense. Okay. Um and uh I I think that you know if, if we if if we let the 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 markets decide like everything else it would just work out better because i don't know anybody other than the investors but i don't know anybody who's happy about you know going back to the AT&T breakup and and i think this is where it's the the sadness of of over governing is not letting markets do what they're supposed to that goes the same with insurance companies health insurance you know why are we? What do we care about state lines? Why are they they different? What I mean, a hospital is a hospital, a doctor is a doctor. What does it matter? So I, I think that when you, when you look at this whole mess in this whole situation, it just makes more sense if if Comcast wants to buy, um, you know, Fox. So what? Let them buy them. I mean, again, if they've got the money, if they've got the the wherewithal, and they want that to be part of it, I have no problem with it. I think again. I'm a big believer in free market capitalism, unencumbered, okay? Obviously, within the laws of, of, of work, and, and, of course, there are reg- regulations, there are laws that will have to be adhered to, but why should the DOJ or somebody else make the decision on whether the deal is valid? And, and that's where I always have a problem is, to me, Companies should be able to do whatever they want because there are many monopolies out there in their own way. Amazon is a monopoly in its own way. Walmart is becoming one in its own way. So to me, I think that it only benefits you because if if the business is good enough, it brings in new competition. And I think that if you let it if you let it be and let it happen, I think that you're going to find it'll be a much better situation because at the end of the day, you saw just starting out with FNN, CNBC. I mean, that was the only business network. Well, look at how many business networks there are now. Okay. And the market, again, markets and people will always decide what's the best. You don't need, I don't need someone to tell me what's the best. I need someone to let me get the best opportunity 
to make the most amount of money, to let me have the opportunity to pick my choice. And if I don't get enough choices, then I don't have to do anything. I can sit back and wait because even if this merger did go through, there's plenty of other choices for content. This is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz, and it's always great to be here with you. And, of course, I want to remind you about our high school investing program. We're going into our ninth year, and uh, we have to make a decision. We may not uh, be able to uh, continue because of uh, the just overwhelming cost, which is why we've gone to patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading for your help. If you'd like to help us keep this program alive, we give it away free to the schools. We make no profit on it. We've lost quite a bit of money on it, but we want to continue to do it if we can. So if you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading. In the meantime, don't forget to download The Bubba Show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. And don't forget the Sporting Edge on the weekends, especially now, Father's Day weekend with the uh, U.S. Open. And we're going to step out of our break. We'll be back with more after the break. The Bubba Show, top of the horse. Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horwitz. It's time for the one, the only, the unbelievably talented Lila Max Media's Kaching Reports, Jane King. What's up, Jane King? Hey, Todd. How's it going? It's going good. It's By going the way, good. Did you hear the podcast? It turned out great. So, um, anybody who doesn't know, Todd's a guest on the Kaching with Jane King podcast. It's out. Um, go to, you know, Twitter. I think you have it on your website too, Todd. I do. Of course I have it on my website. Are you yeah. kidding? Uh, the chance to listen to myself <laughs> talk? No, it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> you did a lot of talking. No, it, 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 I did do a lot I of talking. I, I have awesome. a big mouth. You know, you turn me, you, you wind me up, you turn me on, you let me go. No, it was really good and I enjoyed it. And we had some, uh, some very good banter and I thought it was great. And, uh, I think yeah. everybody should listen to it because I think it's important to, for, for everyone, but, uh, definitely. So, Jane, we got obviously a lot of stuff. First question: What did you think about the summit? What was your ta- what was your takeaway when it was all over? Well, first of all, it was absolutely fascinating to watch. Um, just from I, I was watching that night and the cars coming up, and you know, it, it was interesting to watch TV networks cover it because it kind of felt like. I mean, this was real news. Like, this needed no additional hype. They had a camera that was, like, behind a tree, and it was interesting. Um, and just seeing Kim Jong-un get out of the car and take those 10 kind of, you know, simple steps into the building, and then there's Trump, and then they met. And I, I called my kids, and I was like, you guys got to see this. This is history. And I kind of explained a little bit to them what was going on and why this was such a big deal. And I thought it was just fascinating. And I know, you know, of course, he's got his critics out there. He always does. Um, but I don't know what they expected. I mean, did you expect, like, you know, for this? I mean, this is the first meeting. And I think as long as there's continued to be progress being made and they're moving toward the goal of denuclearization with each subsequent meeting that they're having, I think this is going to be a great thing. And I was just really proud. I thought, I thought the president did a great job. No, I thought it was great. I mean, look, I'm happy. And by the way, did you see – so the other thing was he did that press conference the next morning at 4 in the morning. He'd been up, I think, like 25 hours. I mean, I'm in constant awe of his just stamina. And he did that press conference and answered all the questions. And it went about a half hour, and he was like, I'll answer some more questions. We can keep this going. I mean, it's really amazing. 
amazing just how much energy he has. So um, it was cool. The whole thing was just absolutely fascinating. He is whacked. He is a great guy, and he just keeps going. I mean, he's like the Everardy Bunny, right? Just plug a new battery in and yeah. send him on his way. Although, you know, it's funny because when he came back to the White House and he was walking out to, I think it was Air Force One, I was like, he looks, his eyes look a little puffy. Well, <laughs> he's, he's the first time I've ever seen him look even the slightest bit tired. But that Singapore, uh, that East Coast of Singapore trip is a killer. I mean, I know people who do that and they're like, it's the worst trip. So it's tough. Yeah, but I don't know if it's so tough if you're an Air Force One, though. But I mean, it's tough anyways. Good. But That's uh, one way to go. Yeah. <laughs> right. But all right. So <laughs> then we had, of course, we had on Wednesday, we had the Fed who basically continue their stumbling and bumbling and of course i mean paul seems to be a nice guy and he seems to be you know he's not a real economist so he does at least speak some form of english yeah uh but well, again that was, that was the best thing about it was that he's playing he speaks plainly and i i think you know for people who are just learning about economics it'd be a great way to learn i mean you just don't have to listen to greenspan you know and um, you could listen to him, him speak about what they did with interest rates. I think you'd learn a lot. You know, I, I, I agree with that. I think, and of course, then we had Demario Draghi uh, on Thursday who, you know, they said, well, we're not doing anything. And of course, we've seen some action. But in the meantime, we're kind of in the in, in the summer mode of markets. And uh, so the whole news flow is, is on to, uh, you know, of course, the getting rid of Donald Trump. And the big statement of the week, of course, you know, I was going to bring this up, Bill Maher. And he says that he wishes we go into a recession so we can get rid of Trump. Now, how, how yeah. big of a moron, or I don't even have to call him a moron, but how big of a moronic statement is that? Well, it's ridiculous. I mean, when you really think about what a recession means, I mean, think what we went through in 2008, 2009. I mean, how many millions of jobs were lost? Um, how many families were impacted by that? Um, and it's not just, you know, a job loss or, you know, a little bit of a retraction in the economy. I mean, it postpones home buying. It postpones childbearing. Um, it, it, you know, student debt goes up because people go back to school more. I mean, just the implications of a recession are horrible. And he's an idiot for making that statement. I mean, why? Well, I can understand if you're not liking President Trump. You know, you know listen, there, there's Democrats, there's Republicans, and there's people that are in the middle. There's libertarians. But... Don't you want your country to be better, even no matter who's in the office? Is that am I? An, I am a little nuts, but it, I mean, in, in well, what was that? Robert De Niro also said something. I, F Trump, oh, yeah. I believe that was. I mean, well, you're dealing with radical people who are emotional. I mean, they, think, they, they don't think clearly, and that's what makes them radical to begin with. And then they make these overly emotional statements. I mean, they're just they're just wired more emotional. And that's how they're reacting. I'm glad they're not in charge. I, and, and I think they're helping the Republican Party by just the ridiculousness. No, again, and I, I don't, I, again, it, w- it would be so much better if we could just, you know, again, go through this and, 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 and have everybody on the same page. Because, listen, the economy is, is getting better. I mean, I still see a lot of issues myself personally, you know, just out, what's out there. Because I don't think people are making enough money. But at the end of the day, it's still there is improvement and it's going to be mm-hmm. a long road because, you know, the, the previous eight years and then the previous eight years before that were not great for this country. OK, we did not do a lot of good things between Bush and Obama. They did not do a lot of great things for this country. And I think that, you know, Trump's motto to make America great again. I think he is he's doing everything he can in his power. Unfortunately, yes, it's been half his time fighting nonsense just to get that what he wants to get done, whereas if they just do what, what the, everyone was supposed to do, I think we'd be a lot farther along right now. What do you think? 
Yeah, well, I th- we could see 4% GDP, 4% growth, which is what he predicted. So, I mean, that's entirely possible. And then, you know, that's a whole, that's a game changer. It's a whole new game. And, you know, I kind of, you know, you and I have talked about the stock market and where it is and all that. I mean, I felt like, I felt like what we have experienced since 2009, 2010 has been basically kind of government boosted growth, low interest rates, keeping them low forever, bond buying, stuff like that. Now I feel like this is what growth is really supposed to be. It's supposed to be low taxes, low regulation, more innovation, let people go out and be productive, don't hamper them with a bunch of rules and regulations, let them, let them use their brains and just their sheer hard work to be productive. And I feel like that is the phase we're going into as long as Trump is elected. And I think, you know, I think he's, if things keep going this way, he's going to get elected again in 2020. Oh, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win on a landslide. That's my opinion. I, I think that, you know, in spite of the uh, of all the talk of the other side, um, the American people are even if they want to admit it, are, are liking what he's doing. And I think that's great. And I, I hope the next thing they actually work on, which is the things that near and dear to you and me, is the education system. And in your opinion, Jane, what's it going to take to get real education into schools for for kids and you know young adults and them to actually really teach them about the, the true economy and not the made up one that we typically watch all the time. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I think well, it has to be a priority. I mean, it's not, you know, my kids. I, I just went through middle school tours with my son. He's going to be in middle school next year, and we toured probably nine or ten middle schools, and not one of them brought up financial education. Um, but they brought up almost all of them, the buzzwords of education right now, inclusion, um, you know, they do a lot of group things, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, which is all okay, but I feel like, I feel like we're missing some of the real hard stuff that kids need to learn, like math and science. It doesn't seem like there's enough emphasis on that. It's all about, um, and it's, it's a lot of, it's about racial, social justice, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know if that's really, you know, my son, like we saw some protesters in New York once and I don't know, he kind of was interested in them. And I said, well, you don't grow up and be a professional protester. I mean, do something <laughs> you know? unless you're working and, for George but, Soros. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you may make 50 bucks a day, but come on. So he, um, you know, he, he kind of gets it, but I don't know if a lot of parents, like a lot of moms are kind of into this stuff right now, and they're the ones that seem to be more involved in education. I do think kids, you know, I, I think we need to, um, I think they should go longer. I mean, they basically go September to, well, my kids, September to June, um, and that leaves them two full months of no education. And, you know, my kids go to camp and we do a summer reading program, but I think the kids who really need that constant education aren't getting it. And I think they're doing a lot of kind of stuff in the summer. They don't really realize the grind that you have to do when you work. So I'd like to see schools expand their school years and maybe tack on another 45 minutes each day the, um, to the, do some, more, some harder studies. The words according to Jane King, Lila McSmith. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Happy Father's Day to everybody, all the fathers out there, and everybody have a great weekend. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll see you back here on Monday. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.